We're looking at blessed are the meek, and I'm going to really try and cut to the chase this morning because you may have thoughts in your head about what meekness is, and it's probably not very favourable and that weakness is is weakness and uh, all sorts of things. So whatever is in your head, I'm going to try and dispel some of that uh, if if indeed it's it's an incorrect way of looking at it. Uh, I'm going to try, and uh, there's a, a slide in there with a lot of words on it. And uh, it's about how the word came uh, from the original Latin that's up there. Um, so Hen- Matthew Henry was a commentator, Bible commentator, several hundred years ago. He says in his translation from the Latin, he says, the Latin, the word meek was translated manusuetus, and that's a compound word from two words. First, manu, which is hand, and asuetus means used to. Putting those two words together, what you have is that meekness is meaning getting used to the hand. In other words, you tame a wild animal that gets used to your hand. That's what he's trying to get across that the word meekness actually means. So it's about taming a wild animal. It's the strength that a wild animal still has, but it's under control. So it's strength under control. That's basically what meekness really is. Uh, Again, you will have maybe examples that you can think about. I can get one in my head just now. Maybe about 20 years ago, I remember being in a theme park and you go to one of those animals exhibitions that they're putting on. And I know you say, what of interest have I in animals? But the rest of the, the family must have grabbed me to go along. We're sitting down there. Normally they bring on uh, a rabbit, a dog, and a couple of pigeons. Uh, this one paraded on a great big black puma. And so it's sort of sitting there at the side of the stage, just about six feet, six feet in front of me. So we just, uh, yeah, just like where Philip is there. So this great big black puma is sitting there. And then as the, the big cat is there, then suddenly from behind, there's a clatter. Someone, it must have been a cafe further back, drops something and they're smashing. And then this big cat, again, gets very unsettled. And then the... Uh, keeper beside the big cat looks even more unsettled. And what are we going to do? But what is worse is that this big cat is not simply interested in what's behind me, but thinking that I'm making the noise and it's staring right at me. Not even so much that it's staring right at me, but the fact is that Bethany, who is probably about two years old at this point, and about the size of a good packed lunch for a, for a puma, is sitting on my knee. And it's that that the big cat is just staring straight at. And thankfully, the keeper was able to regain control and that this animal really is controlled and they're able to get the, the cat off stage a lot, more, a lot earlier than what was planned for that, sh- that show, I'm sure. But it is that, that idea. I mean, certainly that cat was strong. Could have done anything it wanted to, but it was under control. And that is what meekness is about. So as we're turning to the Beatitudes just now and thinking about that, what I've been trying to get you to see over the, over certainly last week, and maybe what James has been doing before that, is that these characteristics, these uh, are characteristics of the heart that are so fundamental, so important that Jesus is saying, you really can't do without these characteristics. You must strive after. These are so vital that these are things that you need to exemplify in your life. 
And so we've got this idea today then of this wild animal that's under control because what's happening with a wild animal that's under control is that it's normally wild passions are controlled and that you've got something that is at peace. And I think that's really good to think about in terms of this beatitude because the Bible so often talks about men and women in ways that are not very favorable. For instance, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 23, it talks about men and women and the comparison that it makes, it says that men and women are just like restless donkeys or camels that are in heat. So you've got that idea. It's not favorable, but that is what the Bible says about men and women. But the bottom line of I think what the Bible is saying when it is using that sort of descriptor is that men and women might be strong. There might be lots of things that you can do. There might be lots of things that you are capable of, but so often we use those strengths and those abilities in ways that are out of control, in ways that actually damage yourself rather than building yourself up, ways that can be at times just downright destructive. And if you need any proof or examples of that, I would encourage you simply to look at a newspaper and read the headlines and you'll see the daft things that people have been caught doing. And that's another example of people just out of control. Maybe it's even yourself, you can think of something that you have done that you're not terribly proud of. So, What Jesus is thinking about or talking about here is strength under control. And I have a couple of questions of this this beatitude. The first question I'm going to to ask is going to come up on the screen behind me is why would I want to be meek? Why do you want to show meekness? Why do you want to be a meek person? And the bottom line I think here is simply that I would want to be useful to God. And I'm sure that you would say something similar, that you would want to make sure that you can do something with your life that God can actually use, that there's something that you can be doing that will be bigger than you, that your life will actually count for something and your life will actually count for something because you as an individual are being useful to God or maybe even like Thomas the Tank Engine to be a really useful engine. And to be that person, you need to be used to the hand, used to the hand of God so that God has got control over your life and that you can experience that sense of peace in what you're doing. Now, what that means is in practice is that you will have control even over things like your anger, how you speak to other people. There's so many implications of how we deal with other people here. We're going to touch on that on a few moments. Last week, I was suggesting that there is an order and there is a progression through the Beatitudes. You don't suddenly jump in at number six. You don't suddenly jump in here today, for instance, at number three and say, today I want to be meek. But you want to, if you've got that image from last week about King Kong or not uh, Donkey Kong and you've got the game and you've got all those levels and you're trying to work through them, 
The way you find that the levels higher up are out of your reach at the beginning and you will only get there as you work your way through it. And so the Beatitudes, they begin with this idea of recognizing who you really are. That's poverty of spirit. Knowing that you can never change yourself. You do not have what it takes to change yourself. And when you realize what you're really like and that you need God, then that leads you actually to mourn the sins that you commit. And so there's the the mourning over our sins that we do. And once we've even got to that point, then we begin to open up a new area of our spirituality, which is where we're at today, this meekness developing, strength under control, something that God can actually use. My second question from this passage and looking specifically at meekness is what practical difference will being meek actually make in my life? I think meekness, what it comes down to is that we will start to deal with other people in a much more gentle way. When we realize what we're like and that we are just messed up sinners and there's nothing unique or special about us, when we really understand what we are like, then we should be more understanding of other people. So I think a simple word that we need to keep thinking about here, it's already come up in our service, and it's the word gentle, in that we deal gently with other people. We think twice before we speak. We hesitate before we speak. We try not to be so critical of other people. We think about the implications of anything that we might say or do. And so my third question of this passage today is how do I actually develop meekness? And again, it comes down to that word gentle. And I think that's so key to everything that I've been saying today passage from the Psalms we read, Psalm 103, is an expression of how God deals gently with us. And there's one verse in that that I think encapsulates everything. In verse 14, it says that God remembers what we are like. It says that he remembers that we are dust. That's a very graphic way. In other words, God knows how frail we really are. And if God knows how frail we really are, and if we understood that, we would know that other people are just like that and that we should deal gently with other people because I want to be someone who can be used by God for the good of God and the good of other people. And the big part of that, actually, if I learn how to be gentle, it's a big lesson. It helps you, I think, even in marriage because what we know about marriage is that marriage is nothing else than the uniting of two sinners. Two messed up people in the one household. And so being gentle with one another is a big help in how we deal with one another and how we grow in meekness will help that relationship. You know, it helps you as a parent because when you begin to remember that as God says in Psalm 103 verse 14 that we are dust, when we remember that our kids are like that as well, it should help us deal gently with them. It helps us in how we deal with each other even in church rather than being quick to be critical or or to be harsh, but to be gentle with one another. 
It helps you in work if we would just remember to be gentle with other people and to take time to think how people really are and what's going on in their life and that if we were in their shoes, we probably wouldn't be any different from what they are. So to be gentle. And the reason that we want to be gentle, of course, is that Jesus is gentle. That's the essence of who Jesus is. I was given a book for my birthday by my wife and um, didn't actually realize at the time, but it's the, boy, the Christian book of the year. Uh, everyone is giving it wonderful reviews. It's such a magnificent book and I can testify to that as well. Um, it really is really, really, really good book. Can't praise it highly enough. I encourage you to get this. I'll put something up on Facebook about it later on and maybe I'll do something over the next couple of weeks about this. It's a book, it's entitled Gentle and Lowly and it's by a guy called Dane Ortland. This book opens up by saying, <clears throat> there's four, four gospels and in those four Gospels, there are 89 chapters of the Bible. And in all that time, <clears throat> there's only one place where Jesus actually talks and tells us something about his own heart. So there's lots of teaching that Jesus gives. I mean, we're, we're looking at it in the Beatitudes here. There's the Sermon on the Mount. There's so much more. There's so many places where Jesus talks about himself being the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy and how Jesus is the salvation of the world and that people need Jesus. And there's so many places where, where we find stories of how Jesus was obstructed in his ministry, how people reacted against him. There's so many stories of those who thought Jesus was amazing and wonderful. But there is only one place in the entire Gospels where Jesus actually tells us something about his own heart. And you'll know, you'll know those couple of verses. It's in Matthew chapter 11, and it's verses 18, 28 to 30. I'm going to read those verses to you, let you remember what Jesus thinks is so fundamental to himself. Where Jesus says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. That's that word, meek. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So if meekness this idea of strength under control, this gentleness is so central to the person of Jesus. So thinking about Jesus, you know, and for all his resplendent glory, for all his dazzling holiness, for all his complete otherness, who Jesus really is, is gentle. And what this is telling me, of course, is, is that Jesus is completely accessible to us. He's telling us here that, that he wants us to come and to experience this essential gentleness and love and compassion 
that expresses who he really is. And so when Jesus says this, he's saying, no, there are no hoops to jump through. There, there's no minimum bar that you have to attain. All that Jesus actually wants from you is the willingness to come to him. And this is where Jesus then begins his work in all of us. And that is what I want you to see today. And yet when we think about Jesus and he's saying he wants us to come to him, and he says his arms are open to us. When we hear that, we still think that Jesus is just like us. Because our attitude is, if someone annoys me, or if someone disappoints me, or someone lets me down, I'm going to be twice shy. Once bitten, twice shy, you're not going to do that again. I'm going to be hesitant. But that is not who Jesus is. Because what is essential to the characteristics of who Jesus is, that he's gentle, he's lowly, he's humble, and he says, come to me. My arms are open to you. So even though at times we think that when Jesus says that, he doesn't really mean it. And it's like a, a young lad who wants to, to poke a slug for the first time with his finger. And he reaches his finger out and his He's not really into it and his, his eyes are sort of scrunched up and, and, and he's, as he reaches out, as soon as he touches it, he shrieks and he pulls his arm away. That is not who Jesus is. Because what we're seeing in this beatitude, which is in many ways a reflection of who Jesus is, is that he is gentle and he's humble and he's lowly. And that is what I want you to really experience today, to experience this salvation that Jesus offers, that Jesus wants you to participate in, to, 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 to take hold of, to be fully accepted and be forgiven and to follow Jesus fully, completely from this day forward forever. Because that is who Jesus is. And as meekness and gentleness become essential to you and you see that in Jesus, you experience what this beatitude promises, which is that you will inherit the earth, that you will get the very best that God has in store for you. Let's pray. Our Lord Jesus Christ, may we see you today. May we have the opportunity of all our ideas about you being stripped away so that we see you as you really are presented to us in the Bible. Your gentleness, your openness, your love and your heart given to us. And when we really understand that, Lord, enable us to respond in the only fitting way that is possible and to know the power of your resurrection. Lord, touch us afresh. We pray in our gentle Savior's name. Amen.